Hi, and welcome to QPod, the QIC Investor Podcast. I'm Mark Joshi, the General Manager of Marketing and External Communications, and today we'll be talking about the critical role of technology supporting a new working environment, both during the current COVID crisis and beyond. With significant public commentary about the productivity of staff during the COVID crisis, there's certainly been lots of attention on the role of technology and how it drives productivity. Today, we'd like to take a look under the hood at the engine room of QIC and speak to the team, integrating it into our daily and professional lives. It's my pleasure to introduce to you our Executive Director of Operations and Technology, Mark McDonald, whose team has enabled more than a thousand QIC employees to work from home across the globe. So welcome to QPOD, Mark. Thanks very much, Mark. Great to be here. Oh, a pleasure to have you. Mark, First, if I can start by asking you, I'd love you to tell our listeners today a little bit about your own journey in IT and the role at QIC. Sure. So, uh, Mark, as many of the listeners will probably pick up from my accent, I'm not from these shores. Uh, Originally from Ireland, you know, spent uh, a lot of my career in the early days in London and New York. So worked for many of the sort of large investment banks there and certainly got very interested in technology and in particularly around the execution of large projects. So I arrived in a sort of sunny Australia about 12 years ago. God, how times have uh, flown past. And, uh, and at QIC six years ago. And when I arrived at QIC, um, it was uh, you know, really quite astonishing when I compare it to where we are today. When I arrived, we, there was only two laptops within the company. Everybody was on Blackberries and there was one video conference. And yet today, uh, as a group, you know, we generally support about 1,300 users, 12, 1,300 users in any one day. And we've got about 1,200 laptops across the businesses. There's about 20 VC rooms you know, globally, and uh, everybody has an iPhone or an Android. So uh, it's really kind of uh, showing how, how in six years, a relatively short period of time, um, what a major transformation there has been in technology at QIC. And, uh, and I think, you know, a lot of that has been sort of enabled by the rollout of the cloud program that we did about four years ago. And it really set the basis for everything that we're using at uh, QIC today. So it's been very exciting few years and I've really enjoyed it. It certainly is, I guess, a, a transformation in every sense of the word, Mark, and, and representative, you know, of, of I guess, the, the, the global footprint that the QIC has. I guess if I could get you to cast your mind back now to, to early March, when the COVID crisis itself was really starting to ramp up, can you take us back to that, the beginning of the crisis, to that time, and, and, and where your first thoughts were at when we began to become evident that we would have to quickly move to working from home uh, requirements and some of the early decisions that you had to make in such a short window of time? Sure. So I can remember it well when we called uh, some special, you know, Exco meetings. It was actually over a weekend and a number of the executive committee, we were on phone calls with each other over the whole weekend as we were watching sort of events unfold. And so I remember that Exco meeting and we kind of were talking about our options and what we would do, but I felt that I knew that our team was very confident in our capabilities in order to support the business. We had rolled out and introduced our new modern workplace uh, standard operating environment just uh, a number of weeks earlier. And so I knew that we really had the appropriate tools for collaboration. We had the appropriate tools to allow employees engage and continue to be very productive 
um, from a setting that's outside of the outside of the office. I think um, you know it has to be given sort of credit to uh, a number of the team. And within technology for the planning that we did, we really engineered this solution, you know, four years ago. And uh, it was really sort of put to the test during COVID. In order to be comfortable and certainly being able to attest to my colleagues that we can support the business, um, I used a lot of um, analytic information that we have on our environment. And one of the tools that we use, Mark, is a is an application by the name of Splunk. It's a big data tool. And this gave me a great, um, and so I have this dashboard and it gave me sort of a great visual view assessment of our organization. Of course, we were very confident that uh, we could tell the business that if you need to work from home, you can, it's going to work and operate very well. But I think one of the really interesting things about um, having to work from home and, and what we've been experiencing at home is that I can speak this from a personal aspect is that it's uh, certainly added an extra dimension to my life, and certainly in terms of being able to spend more time with the children. Um, I've got two young kids, and I think having daddy work from home, it's been a really, really uh, great exercise. And it's certainly, uh, I know the children will only be young for a set you know, period of time. They all grow up eventually. And so there's certainly a time that I will always remember COVID, and it's been great to spend a bit more time with the family. And I think um, certainly I, I know I've experienced that from many members of my team. I think a lot of people have really sort of enjoyed it and realized that it's a beautiful complement to working in the office and uh, socializing and having a face-to-face time with our colleagues. You raise a really good point, Mark, there, and I think you're absolutely right that, you know, as we've begun to move into the new normal, as, as people kind of uh, describe it, certainly people are thinking about the sort of old paradigm of working, of heading the, into the CBD and, and working in an office environment. And you're right, this has added an extra dimension to their lives about, well, maybe things like working from home and, and that are, are more... Uh, are more appropriate and and uh, and achievable, you know. And this is then this experience has, has has proven that. But I guess probably critical to there, and I can certainly speak from my experience as a as a user, is that the you know the seamlessness of the of the uh, transition to uh, working from home was critical, and and the functionality of of a, of what you would consider a you know an office needed to be replicated in albeit in a digital sense. And as I said, from a user perspective, that's certainly been the case you know we've been easily able to transfer what we did in the office to 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 home so but i'm always interested to understand why it's a bit like the swan that glides across the um across the lake looks beautiful from the top but i imagine there's lots of cogs and wheels that are are, are supporting that can you unravel sort of ravel that for us a little bit and under give us some insight into all the things that the technology that sits behind this seamless experience yeah, absolutely, Mark. It is. Well, I'm glad you found it um, a seamless experience. So that, that's, a, that's a good thing to know. But um, yeah, look, I think um, there's an extraordinary amount of effort that gets, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not just speaking for uh, QIC here, but certainly across, uh, you know, colleagues across the industry and other technology functions that uh, a huge amount of effort goes into trying to create seamless experience and a very strong user experience uh, in every organization. So when we were uh, working through our modern workplace rollout, you know, we spent extensive engagement with the business. So I think um, it certainly paid off for us 
when COVID crept up on us and it became an issue and we realized we couldn't be in the office, I think we really benefited from having done that training, having listened to the users and having spent so much time focusing on the user experience and not just the core technology. But saying that, the core technology, yes, an extraordinary amount of engineering um, and um, optimization happens behind the scenes. I also think that through COVID, we're in a situation now whereby um, a lot of employees have been forced, <laughs> to, to some better word, to, to develop their skills and to um, really take on board and take responsibility for to educate themselves on some of the tools. So I know that my team have been helping out many people um, as they call up at the service desk and ask for bits of assistance, but I've been very impressed by uh, the, the uh, employee, all employees, I should say, at QIC, for really, you know, taking this in their stride, taking on the responsibility to learn how to new, use new tools, taking the responsibility to assist and help their colleagues as well. So I think it's been a very positive experience for all. Yeah, and I guess you, you make a really good point around, you know, it's as much about the technology, but also, I guess, the change management aspects to the implementation of technology. And often companies can do the installation and maybe not do the the the, the change management side of it as, as well, which means that people aren't as familiar with the new technology and the power that it that it delivers in terms of efficiencies for 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 their work. And and just on that efficiency line, Mark, I'd be interested to to understand where you think uh, or what what you see as some of the cost efficiencies and and uh, and instances where people may now not necessarily have to jump on a plane, so to speak, to go and travel to to meet a colleague in, in another location. Um, likewise, you know, we'll be able to live in a virtual world, I think, a lot more uh, uh, adeptly than perhaps before. Do you think we're at an inflection point where technology has potentially universally redefined the ease at which we do business? Yes, I do. I mean, absolutely. I think uh, we are at that point. And I think um, the um, the use of technology within all organizations now has really shown everybody that, um, you know, traveling and face-to-face -face meetings uh, is not absolutely criti critically essential for everything. I think there absolutely is a place and time for them. Um, certainly building relationships. I think it's very important to have some face-to-face -face time. But I, I do think um, it's basically shown us that there is an opportunity for cost-effectiveness. Then I feel that many organizations, including QIC, will probably look at travel budgets, will probably look to trim up and try to really sort of focus on optimizing and really thinking more deeply about what is required. I do feel, and I can speak from this in personal experience, having worked from home a lot uh, myself over, over my career, that um, the acceptance of working from home, I think, is will be there now post-COVID. And, um, and I think that has driven a lot of face-to-face -face meetings in the past where people felt like they didn't, they couldn't participate in a meeting to the same extent. They weren't sort of, um, they were sort of, you know, not being in the office. It felt that you weren't included in everything that you were required to be. So I think there's a lot more acceptance, I think, there will be from working from home now. And I think people will realize how effective they've been over the last 11 weeks and have realized that uh, there certainly is no reason why uh, that can sort of, we can't work and operate like that going forward. I think a great example of that, um, Mark, would be being able to look at like some of the live broadcasts that we've undertaken at QIC. Um, the technology now can allow up to 50,000 users 
um, Microsoft Teams and provide um, a live broadcast to an organization. Um, so when you think about things like that, um, really, would people really try to run face-to-face sessions? Probably not. The technology is probably the most optimal way of doing that. And it also allows employees to be able to look at recorded sessions, watch them at their leisure, whether they're you know on the commute to work or where they have a break in the office. It gives them an opportunity to do that. So, Mark, then can you give us some insight into what you see behind the scenes in IT for, for QIC and perhaps some of the noticeable trends that have been seen regarding, I guess, things like user behaviour and, and, and how you predict those trends may shift once the organisation begins to physically return to work? Sure. Um, I, look, I think, yeah, I certainly run my team. A lot of uh, our team are run on analytics and data. So uh, we're very interested in always having a look at our queues, the number of incidents we have, the number of requests we have, Mark. Um, And I think what I've seen over the last few weeks is that the number of tickets that we would get through either requests or incidents, it's actually very similar to how it's been over the past year, very similar volumes. However, the one thing I have noticed has been an extraordinary productivity increase within technology. And I believe that's um, occurring because we're having less people walk up within the office and look for face-to-face support. So they're logging a ticket and we're looking after it virtually. What I'm noticing now is that we seem to be um, much more productive, that we're still um, assisting those users, but we're, we're doing it virtually. And uh, we're beginning to see that um, our request queues are dropping dramatically. You know, at any one point in time now, we would sort of have just a handful of incidents across the whole business globally. So it's really showing me, and I've learned something here, that uh, how productive and valuable working from home is to assist my team. And I think there's a delicate balance there. We certainly want to be in the office. We want to have connection. But there's also a place, I think, as well for people to work from home. I think a lot of people now will look at their lifestyle. But you know, I think having the flexibility to sort of be at home, be productive and use allowing technology to free up time for yourself and not commuting. And it's providing a lot of time for people now to focus on themselves and improving themselves and spending more time with the family. Yeah. And I guess the, the other critical consideration, Mark, in all of this is the security element. You know, it's great to have people working from home and uh, and, and and working from outside the, the 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 bounds of the office. But I imagine that does present some risks that needs to be managed in terms of uh, potential uh, cybersecurity risk, is what I'm referring to. Can you talk a little bit about some of the considerations that your team uh, made in 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 delivering this this approach and this this transformation for QIC, and perhaps then some tips for other heads of technology who may be considering how they can future proof their 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 uh, their organisation from a technology perspective. Sure. So, Mark, I would take time to say it's certainly taken many years to perfect this and uh, certainly to get it into into a model where we feel extremely comfortable you know traditionally we would we would think about supporting or keeping an organization secure with the concept that there's a there's a giant moat around the castle and we've got to keep everything in the castle safe and that traditionally has been you hear people talk about firewalls you know sitting on the outside of the business here protecting the corporate entity from all the kind of bad actors um, out over the internet But really, that model has changed. And so at QIC, we've been thinking not just about that sort of traditional castle and moat model, 
but also thinking about protecting data. So what that's meant for us is that we've been talking about implementing data classifications and encrypting data and actually identifying the most valuable assets that we have at the organization and making sure that they have the appropriate data encryption and classifications within the data itself. So I think that the world is changing in terms of security. Um, and we've also managed, you know, with all of our devices, we include conditional access, which means that um, not only do you have to have um, QIC credentials to log on to the network, but you also have to have a QIC device or have some form of two-factor authentication. So I think this sort of increased security standards um, is, um, is what has allowed us to do this. Yeah, intensely interesting. And as I said at the start of this QPod, transformation is a word that often gets bandied about, but it's certainly the case with our, with our technology function in, in QIC and the way it's delivered uh, you know, efficiencies to the business, particularly in an environment which feels a little bit like end of days at the moment uh, with COVID. So I guess on that note, we've come out unscathed and I wonder what's next in the plans for, for QIC IT? Oh, well, it never ends for the IT team. <laughs> we, we have to move as fast as the market. As everybody sees the technology world uh, evolving and developing, we've got to be running just as hard right behind it to try and keep up and uh, certainly meet with user expectations. So look, one of the next big items that we're working on, Mark, is what we're referring to as our global network optimization project. Um, this is a project which really tackles um, tackles our global network. And so how I'd explain what it is, it's, it's, it's a change that's the equivalent of what the cloud did for our infrastructure is what we're going to do for our network next. And um, what that really means is that um, we're going to implement a software-defined wide area network. So what that means for us as an organization, the way we connect to the cloud today is we have six points of presence globally. and we're going to be able to remove all of that. And in fact, we'll be able to use software to sort of create a what we call a zero trust network. And we're going to manage um, our network using the software and removing the reliance on the hardware-based uh, controls and hardware-based routing that we had in the past. So we're always working many steps ahead. And we've already been deeply in planning and ready for execution of this and many other initiatives across the business. So uh, it's the price we have to pay, pay to stay modern and contemporary. Mark, thank you so much. That was a really fascinating conversation. And, and I think thank you for providing, you know, a look into the role of technology and the, and the critical role it plays in, in our professional lives at QIC. If you'd like any more information about what we discussed today, then please reach out to your relationship manager. Thank you for listening and please look out for our next QPod. Have a brilliant day.